This podcast is brought to you by Slow Tide. Slow Tide, our company, they took a mundane but essential uh, everyday product, uh, a towel, um, so something that we use every day, and they've turned it into uh, something cool, something you like looking at, a piece of art. So Slow Tide work with artists, brands, and photographers to bring amazing designs onto their products. Uh, not only towels, they also have now applied this same logic to blankets, um, perfect for the winter. Those of you that have listened to the podcast and know me will know I love sitting and watching a film or TV. I ask every guest to recommend me some something good to watch. Um, and especially in the UK at the moment, it's pretty cold. Most of that watching is done under a blanket. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, Slow Tide are committed to sustainability. Um, all of their cotton products are responsibly sourced through the Cotton Leads program, and their polyester products are made from 100% recycled post-consumer waste, usually plastic bottles. So you know that by buying one of these products, you're also not affecting the environment. Uh, check them out at, at Slow Tide Europe on Instagram for more information. I'll be posting a fair bit about them on my Instagram as well, at the After Hours Lounge. Um, huge thank you to Slow Tide for supporting the podcast, um, and thank you to you guys for getting through this advert. And now, on with the show. Hello friends, welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Uh, my name is Sandy, I am your host. As I said in the last episode, I've realised I've not been not been saying my name at the beginning of episodes, which is probably really bad because there are quite a few new people listening. So yeah, I'm Sandy. Hello guys, if this is your first time and welcome back if you are a regular listener. Uh, today I am really pleased to be joined. You may have... Um, you may recognise him from Instagram. Let's face it, you probably do, because he, he does far too much on Instagram, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but I am joined by, um, yeah, all-round mental health advocate, um, hypnotherapist, legend at the moment, getting people through lockdown, uh, Mr. Will Everett. Will, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much, Sandy. I really appreciate it. That is a, that is a huge introduction, and I hope I live up to that. <laughs> no, certainly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was... It's always always nice to do uh, do the introduction, but I genuinely mean yeah. it. You know, like every um, you know, when I go on Instagram now, since we connected, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like you, yeah, you you put the time in, don't you? You are doing, you know, going live every day with people. You just said before we hit record, you're um, you do obviously through your job, you do a lot of Zoom stuff. So you are, yeah, yeah you are on on sitting where you are now in front of a camera an awful lot of the time now. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean. It, it my whole business is through a screen yeah how um well i mean well well let's let's get into it first i mean can you give give the listeners and, and myself as i said when i came on and went live with you we kind of more talked about me rather than you yeah. um but i mean give give us a little bit of an insight into kind of who you are and and what you do yeah so um yeah my name's will and i am a clinical hypnotherapist mental health first aider and nlp behavioral coach I do use CBT techniques as well. So a lot of people have heard of CBT, mm. cognitive behavioral therapy, um, but NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And I use, it's all behavioral coaching and getting people to see different perspectives and uh, ways of building rapport um, and use those techniques to help people along the way to achieve their goals. And I've been doing that. I've qualified as a coach and a therapist six, seven years ago. Yeah. And I became a mental health first aider last year. I've completed a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy last year, but I'd already got a lower qualification. So, yeah. And then last over the past, well, since lockdowns, since the world, the apocalypse, yeah. um, I've, uh, you know, obviously it's just steamrolled. And um, so many people out there, as we both know, <laughs> that are seeking help and lots that need help but haven't got the courage to kind of seek it. And that's why I do all this stuff online, all these lives and invite on, you know, you know, inspiring guests such as yourself, because I know and feel the more we talk about it, the more open we make it, the more people will be willing to open up. Yeah, definitely. As I always say there, the, the more we all talk, the easier it becomes. Um, yeah. I mean, has has that... With, with all that in mind, I mean, how, 
it's it's kind of bad to say in a way, but I guess your business has boomed and you've got a lot busier over the last year purely because so many more people yeah. are are having a worse time. So it's 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 kind of it must be difficult for you to kind of I guess it's good because you know ultimately I'm helping people, but how 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 does that feel knowing that that's that's the situation at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look, I I I do uh, I have laughed about it with friends in in a you know not a just a way like oh my god the the longer lockdown goes on the busier I get and it's yeah. like should I be feeling that way and we laugh about it but it's more about well, how I like to see it is the longer it goes on and the more we talk about stuff the more courageous or brave people are to then seek help so in that respect it's a good thing clearly everyone including myself would prefer not to be in lockdown but the one good thing from my point of view that's come out of this is it is encouraging more people to talk out however the whole situation is meaning more people need to talk out so there's kind of like a to in and fro in with it so yes of course the longer lockdown goes on and the more people need help the busier I am I don't see it as a as a business success, I see it as a personal success in being able to help more people. That's how I see it. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's that's kind of the best way to look at it. Because if you did look at it from a business point of view, you'd, I think it would be really difficult, wouldn't it? You'd end up kind of almost feeling guilty, but you you shouldn't feel guilty because ultimately you are in the business of helping people, and you're uh, yeah. essentially you are doing a good thing. And this is something that I've, I've got a friend who works in the sustainability space. He makes drinking straws um, out of straw. So they're, you know, super sustainable. And he's, he's had the same thing. And he, you know, people call him out going, Oh, you're, you're profiting off all this. And he's like, well, I've, I've got to, I've got, unfortunately the way the world works, I've got to earn a living, you know, yeah. and if I can, I'll, I'll do that doing something that's going to help people. Yeah. But he's also trying to save the planet. So exactly. it's not like it's, it's, it's the same as me. I mean, yeah, as I say, I, I joke about it because I know how it must, it could be perceived by people, but um, yeah. And I charge uh, because I, I want and do do this full time. If I didn't charge, I'd have to find a full time job and then I wouldn't be able to help as many people. Yeah. So I don't want to be rich. I just want to earn enough so I can do it full time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, and also by charging people, they become more invested in the changes that are needed to be made. So if I offered you free coaching and it was always free, you could one word go, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't do it today, you'll give me another free session next week. Yeah. But the point in charging is that people value it yeah. in more ways than one. Yeah, it holds. I guess it, there's a certain level of accountability as well, isn't there? You know, if you yeah. go, well, actually, if I'm paying this guy, like I, you know, a bit like joining the gym or something like that, you go, well, I pay yeah. 20, 30 quid a month or whatever, so I, I should be doing it. Whereas if you've got yeah. a treadmill in your living room, you're probably never going to use it, are you? <laughs> yeah. And also, it's the same as if your gym membership's 20 quid, you're more likely to be able to not go and go, oh, it's all right. But if you paid, and you know, I wouldn't suggest joining a gym that's this expensive. But if you paid a hundred pound, you're more likely to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. You know, but this is why gyms make it nice and cheap, because then if being an ex gym manager, I can tell you this. Um, not that anybody overtly told me this, but I know by keeping your gym memberships low, people are less likely to notice the impact on their pocket and will keep them going on longer yeah. like, even when they don't go but you're not going to do that for a hundred pound gym membership but you might do it for a 20 quid yeah so, you don't, yeah exactly you kind of don't don't notice it um yeah. so i mean you're it sounds like you wear quite a lot of hats um in your yeah. in your in your work and your, your job and stuff i mean let's let's start off with the the first one you said so and it, kind of the big one that i wanted to talk to you about because it's it's very intriguing to me and as i said before we hit record there's a lot of you know, rumors, myths, things like that. And that is um, the, the hypnotherapy side. So, I mean, how, yeah. how did you get into that? And then can you kind of give a bit more of an, an explanation of, of what that actually is? Yeah, of course. So I used to work for Waitrose right. supermarket and in my climb up the ladder of being really ambitious, I um, was sent on a management development course. And part of that course was how to deal with stressful situations and I was put into a role play situation where the actor was a difficult person and was kind of fighting against everything that I suggested and I crumbled I was like I don't know how to deal with this guy 
And then I had a bit of coaching from a mentor who, who was a coach on my, who was my coach on the course, but new NLP. And um, now I look back and she's a friend. And I go, I know what you did to me, but she helped me using NLP. And when I connected with her, because I was talking to her about why she didn't go to the gym. And afterwards, she said to me, you should do a coaching course. You're really good at reading people. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd spent years developing other people and delegating tasks because I had quite a large section within White Trees and I had 135 people work for me. Right. So I had to delegate to get jobs done. I couldn't do it all myself. But I began to notice the more I shifted out to other people, the, the better they felt. They felt empowered and they felt really good about taking responsibility for things. And also, I found people who were better at doing a certain job than I was because I'm always open. To, I'm not going to be the best at everything. Yeah, yeah. And so the job might get done better by giving it to somebody else, especially because that might be only one of five plates they're spinning, but it would be one of 50 that I was. Yeah. So they can give it more focus. So those things combined made me think, okay, maybe I could do a bit more here. And she suggested that I do a coaching course. So after a year of not doing that, I then contacted her and thought, do you know what? I want to do this coaching course. And she said it was unavailable, but recommended doing a clinical hypnotherapy certificate and so my initial thought was how on earth is that connected to doing a coaching course but she said to me it's a really good kind of precursor to then going on to the coaching course I've got in mind for you Um, and it will really help you now hypnosis had always really fascinated me and I'd watched a film as a kid about a woman that was regressed into a past life and it had fascinated me around past lives and how hypnosis could pe- take people back there. So I'd always been intrigued yeah. and seen the usual TV shows of people being hypnotized and on a kind of entertainment level. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. Let me do this. Let me do this, this course. And it was fascinating to me and I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of a certificate level. So it was basically bring someone into a trance get them on a particular level and bring them back out. It's quite simple, really. And then after that, I then led on to an NLP course, and I'm a master practitioner. Um, It is often compared to being a Jedi master because (laughs) I can play mind tricks on you. I can play tricks with your mind, and I'm a master practitioner. I find it very funny. Being a big Star Wars fan, I love it. Um, So I did that course, and as I did the course, it was all about behavioural coaching. And I realised that I did it, I did most of it already without recognising what I was doing and the fact that it was NLP. So I knew that was really good for me because I, I did it already naturally. Yeah. And there were some techniques in the course that I learned that I thought that I'd made up because <laughs> I just did it. Not in an arrogant way. I just thought, oh, let me try this. Yeah. And so that then they progressed. And then... That was six years ago or seven now. And I used it just in work because after Waitrose, I left and became a gym manager and I used it there with members and staff members as well. And anybody that came to me for a bit of advice, I always use it. I didn't really charge anybody. I wasn't wasn't that bothered to do that. And then last year I did a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy. It started the year before that, but finished last year. And it was... Um, more on a clinical level so now I can use it to help depression anxiety phobia cures I knew how to do phobia cures with the NLP already and I'd done that a lot using behavioral coaching but I now know how to deal with hypnosis um, gastric band therapy so I can make you believe you're on a gastric band so you won't be able to eat as much um, current life regression and past life regression pain control um, loads of different stuff but I do it now on a clinical level yeah. and then lockdown came um, the first lockdown I really struggled I didn't do anything I was furloughed from my gym job I was I don't want to say depressed but I was nearly there yeah. bad behaviors eating bad foods not sleeping enough not doing anything healthy really bad and then lockdown finished and then lockdown started again in November and um, I was asked to do some classes on meditation um, for trend fit and energy fitness and I did those 
start to get some really good results there meditation but i threw some hip i'll throw hypnosis in and then it's just snowboard since then and more people from the classes want help i started doing lives i never thought i'd enjoy them as much as i do but i do yeah. them that's something i do for free and it works people i had one lady contact me she watched one live i did and she just put a comment underneath and said I've learned more about my eating disorder in the last 40 minutes of listening to you, Will, than I have from 23 years of counselling. I can now finally see how my mind works. And now I finally see a, how I'll be able to overcome it in just yeah. 40 minutes of listening to you compared to 23 years of counselling. That's so what that's insane. So what do you. I mean, without you, of course, giving away your, your Jedi secrets. But I mean, what what? how do you go about like what what sort of things are you do you think that in your opinion that you're saying differently compared to someone like a like a counsellor or something like that? As I said, you know, full disclosure for anyone listening, I uh, went to counselling a lot when I was a teenager because um, we had some fat family stuff, uh, things like that. So I went to counselling a lot as a teenager and I, I think it helped me. And then I've had one um one session with a hypnotherapist in person um in 2019 um but then because she, she's based up in scotland um uh, awesome woman called morvan um up in up in scotland but obviously i live in in england now so having having done both i mean what do you what do you think you you kind of do and say differently do you think that that would have made such a difference to maybe not this woman in particular but but just in general i i I will answer that question, but I won't answer it in comparison to other people because I don't know what other people do. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say what I do. Yeah, perfect. I Over years of working with and managing other people, which I've now done for over 20 years, yeah. I have an ability, and this is just factual, this, isn't, this is not coming from any place of arrogance or anything. No, I build rapport with people really quickly. Yeah. Now, I know how to do that in a manipulative way so I can do it on purpose yeah but naturally it just happens I connect with people yeah how do I do that I'm very real I I've I'm very honest I'm very authentic so you won't see I don't think therapists behave in a session like I do I mean I'll wear a hoodie and a cap I'll if the other person swears I'll swear too yeah. It's all about building rapport and making people feel comfortable because once they feel comfortable and we've got rapport, they also trust me. Yeah. And when I've got trust and rapport, I can get away with anything. Yeah. In the fact that I can get you to believe what I'm asking you to believe to achieve your goals. Is it true or not on paper? I don't know, but if you believe it and believe it will work, then it will work. Yeah. How That's does it work? I've got yeah. my own explanation of hypnosis and how it works. Is that technically how it works? I don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, that that comes down. I guess I suppose it comes down a lot to the the mindset of your of your patient or your your client initially. Like, you know, taking for example, like my. I mean, we always called it hippie wank shite when we were younger. <laughs> my my mum my mum is is quite spiritual. Um, yeah. Growing up, and and actually, you know, at the time when we were teenagers, we we're like, oh, shut up, mom, you're you know talking shit. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but now, you know, oddly, especially for me, getting into um, you know, the mental health stuff that I do now and things, I I actually remember a lot of the things my mom always said. Um, and she always talked a lot about you know this manifesting, and if you believe you can do it and it'll happen, then it will. Yeah, yeah. Taking taking it to a real base example for me is um, I I. I think I don't know if we mentioned in, in the live, but I, I do a lot of windsurfing. It's like my, my passion. I've done it for years and all this. And, you know, windsurfing, I'm learning certain tricks and stuff. And sometimes I'll be sailing along and I'll be like, right, I, I know which trick I want to do. And, you know, even if I'm like learning it or not that good at it, but if I some, sometimes sail along and I go, I'm going to do this trick. And, you know, I'm coming up to the wave and I'm, I'm ready to jump and all this. And I'm like, I'm going to land this. And I land it sometimes. You do. Yeah. And I do it. And it, that, I mean, that's a real you know perhaps like silly silly example but a real basic example no no no, not at all because because let's continue this what happens if you think the opposite yeah of course you you crash you know but yeah and you apply but, yeah. that to, you know like even you know i work in social media so sometimes if i've got a, a meeting or you know with a potential client or anything if i go into that and i'm like i'm gonna smash this 
then you know often it goes well but you know a real basic thing and that windsurfing and i find myself there's one specific move that i do it with a lot and it's kind of a move that i can do but i struggle with and i yeah i say i crash more than i land but generally sometimes i'll sail along and i just get this overwhelming kind of positivity and i'm like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna land yeah. this and then you just i just boom and i land it and i'm like oh well and but it's what's difficult for me is is trying to go where's that mindset the other you know 99 times i try it that's the that's the funny thing is is how do i bring that mindset in and this isn't me going can you answer it but that's just well, i can answer it but carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's um, you know, that's that's something that's always always intrigued me um about about all all this side of it. Um, yeah. and I know hypnosis goes a lot into you know all, all that stuff and finding. I suppose, well, yeah, I'll ask you: is is that what you do? Is it is that what you're trying to help people do? Is is unlock that mindset for the other ninety percent of their of their life, kind of thing? Yeah, of course. And you know, so with CBT, for example, there is it's the basis of it is thoughts equal feelings and controlled behaviors yeah so if your thoughts are i'm going to smash it i'm going to smash it, i'm going to smash it your feelings are confidence maybe adrenaline and all those feelings and then behaviors are based on those feelings you're more steady you're more in control yeah. if um you know and then so you give off those behaviors there's a second layer to it as well if you believe you're going to do it and you're so much in that mind frame your mind or your your senses and your intuition will pick up everything that proves you right it will go okay so i've done that right i'm doing this right but most importantly every little thing that you do wrong it will ignore it and just yeah. go no no no. i'm doing it right i'm doing it right so you're more in control when you have a different thought process of i can't do it i'm gonna get this wrong these things that you get wrong aren't ignored they're focused on proving you right because your mind always wants to prove you right no matter what you've told it it wants to prove you're not going to do it so all these things that were previously ignored are now focused on creates feelings changes behavior you get it wrong sometimes you prove yourself wrong sometimes you do it and sometimes you believe you're going to do it you don't but that's just how it works right yeah, especially yeah. when you're doing something like that all, but yeah. it's all mindset when you're in a good positive mindset and no matter what happens to you nothing changes your beliefs then you will ignore or not worry about the things that prove you wrong. You'll focus on the things that always prove you right and you'll still believe you're a success. Whereas if you go the other way, the opposite happens. Like me, as a therapist, I know I'm a good therapist. I know I can help you and I believe that. Why do I believe it? Because of the feedback I get. Mm. One person, if you said to me, you're no good because you didn't help me, you, you would never change my belief structure. Because I know I, I would just say, well, no, what I did didn't work for you. Now, again, it's not coming from an arrogant place. It's more to do with the fact that if I let you tell me I'm bad and everybody else tell me I'm bad, I'd have to give up this job. Yeah. So my motivation is to focus on the positives that come from it to keep myself going. That's what you do with surfing. That's what we everybody does. If you focused on all the times you get it wrong in surfing, you'd be like, what is the point? Yeah. Why am I still doing it? Whereas now you focus, you know you're good at it, you focus on all the good things, or you might know you're bad but really want to be good, and that's okay, you're going to keep going. But if you tell yourself you're bad and you're never going to be better, that's when people give up. Yeah. It's you remove the most important thing, hope. Yeah. That's a Star Wars, a Star, almost a Star Wars quote again, isn't it? There we go, Will. Um, I hope it's really powerful because if you, oh, yeah. if you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, for a want of a better phrase, the harder you work or the more you do, the closer you can get to it. If there's no light. Yeah, we, yeah you're just in the dark, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. But it's, well, it's interesting as well because generally, you know, as people, like we have, there is a negativity bias, isn't there? So, for example, like my, my podcast... It's got well. My podcast has got X amount of reviews on on Apple Podcasts, say, and I'll uh, my brain, I'll go and I'll see it's you know it's got however many I I don't know it's not got that many not many people listen on Apple for some reason everyone listens on Spotify but it's got you know eight ten um, five star reviews but it's got one one star review and my brain goes past all that and goes one star review 
you know, and yeah. I think that's that's the way a lot of people think. You know, they go, they put up something on YouTube, say, and they scroll through the comments, and they go, yeah. oh, well, yeah, this this person said it's amazing. This person said it's amazing. This person said it's great. This person called me a twat. Why did he call me a twat? And then you spend the right. day thinking about. If you look on my Instagram, you know you've been on my Instagram. There's a quote that I put up. Yeah. Whether this is true or not doesn't matter. It just changes mindset. Yeah. There's no such thing as rejection. Just what you're offering isn't what they're looking for. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Just because they rate you a one doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your podcast. It might just be it wasn't what they were looking for. Yeah. Now, if they called you a twat, that's <laughs> their problem, not yours. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. But again, like, it's it's just interesting because generally, from, from what I can gather um, from people I've spoken to and then, you know, my own personal experience as well, that's where a lot of people's minds go, isn't it? A lot of people, and that's probably where people start to struggle, is they... Right. They get You've got a belief there's a negativity bias. You've already told me that. Yeah. So you're going to look out for it. I don't believe there's a negativity bias. So any negative that comes in, I'm like, mm. yeah. you're proving yourself right. Your mind wants to prove you right. The other thing about giving negative feedback is when people give, people are more inclined to say negative things or express it yeah. than positive in that respect. So we you know sometimes we go oh i don't want to jump on the bandwagon or whatever or don't feel the need to tell you it's good but when people want to tell you it's bad that's more common so yeah. of course you will but you've only got one bad review what is what what is that oh no so yeah. if, if you look at every bad review as an opportunity to develop and grow you want bad reviews because yeah. you want people to tell you what other things basically what they're doing is they're telling you what things you can improve on yeah. And so, therefore, if you get bad reviews, it's important. I would suggest you you message that person and go, would you be able to tell me what parts of it you think I need to improve? Yeah. I'm really grateful for your, your feedback because there are loads of people out there that might think the same but won't tell me, and I'm not appealing to them. So if you can tell me what I need to improve and I do it, you're allowing me to help more people. Yeah. And that's how you change mindset from negative to positive. Yeah, that's well, the, the most the, the really interesting thing there is like I already I already had uh, an idea in my head that it was, you know, biased towards negativity about being biased towards negativity. So my brain was, you know, it, it goes down. It, it keeps it's like inception. It keeps going down levels, doesn't it? You yeah. know, um, which is which is crazy. So how how do, do you apply? um you know, this, this sort of um, mentor, you know, ship you're doing and, and, and all that stuff. How, how do you apply that to someone, you know, struggling with, um, you know, anxiety, you know, depression, that, that kind of thing is, do you do it a different way talking to someone like that than you would someone about, you know, trying to lose weight or, or something like that? Or, or is it very much, you know, just getting to the, get just getting to the root of the problem still? Yeah. It's about getting to the root of the problem because sometimes, um, past behaviours or experiences have led to a belief structure yeah. like I'm not worthy, yeah. which is one of my clients today, I'm not worthy of being loved. Right. So therefore exhibits those behaviours of someone that's not, not worthy of being loved, eats too much, pushes people away when they try and show love, etc., etc. Yeah. So a bit of mindset coaching like I just did, and a lot of the time they just talk and I go, right, you're doing this because of that, this because of that, this because of that. And they go, oh, my God, I didn't even realise, but you're absolutely spot on. Yeah. Once they realise that there's a structure to it, there's a reason to it, there's a why, then they can see there's a way to change it. Yeah. But when we don't know why we do stuff, how do we change it if we don't know why? So I do the why first after I've listened to them. And then we deal with the past. So if it's past trauma that's let them, you know, made them that way, yeah. I can use NLP techniques, dissociation techniques or hypnosis to remove the emotional impact. And then we then I do the life coaching to create new positive behaviours. So I mix it all together. Yeah. When I do sessions, I recommend a minimum of three. One's the first part where it's talking therapy, you share your story. And then two or three is either hypnosis or life coaching or the other way around. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that that is. 
And yeah, be interested. I, I mean, I'd have, I'd have assumed that most of the time people, you know, coming from it, it will come from a, a past trauma or, or an event. Um, Cause usually that's what I guess triggers that change in, in behavior and, and lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we have to remember that trauma is often buried deep in the unconscious mind and people yeah. don't remember what either what caused the trauma or they kind of remember the event but it's distorted in their minds to make it different yeah so hypnosis how does that work i describe it as an iceberg in the ocean so imagine that large part popping outside the top of the surface level of the water sun shining on it glistening you know looking pretty magical in a way that's your conscious mind that represents your conscious mind we're only able to focus on seven to nine things in one go. Yeah. Everything else is pushed into the unconscious. Now, the surface level, so just under that, um, everything under the surface is your unconscious mind. So that huge part, that houses and, and stores everything that you've ever experienced. That part influences beliefs and behaviours and habits. So anything that you're not thinking of right now but is in that unconscious is closer to the surface level. So you weren't thinking the answer to this, but when I ask you what's your mother's name, you will know it and you'll know it straight away. But yeah. it wasn't in your conscious thought before I asked you, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. But you can pluck it out of your unconscious very quickly. Now, childhood memories and especially trauma can get buried so deep down into the water in the bottom of that iceberg that it is not possible for you to bring it back up yeah and by bringing it up you can deal with it but you've buried it so deep because you can't deal with it yeah so with hypnosis the doorway between conscious and unconscious minds is opened so the surface level between conscious and conscious minds of that iceberg is opened up. Yeah. I take you deeper and deeper into a trance, accessing further down into your unconscious mind. And the more deeper we go, the more your mind, your mind knows the stuff you need to sort. Yeah. And it will show you it. And then um, as it comes to surface level, we then deal with it in a therapy session. Yeah. So, for example, one of my classes with Energy Fitness the other day, I had one guy who was in a trance and he texted me two days later and said to me, while I was in trance, I imagined I saw um, he was he was driving along a dark road at night one night 30 years ago. And the guy was there was a car coming towards him. And the guy obviously wanted to play chicken. So driving straight towards him. Yeah. And they swerved out of each other's way. And you remember seeing the emotion on the guy's face as the car drove past. Yeah. And he'd totally forgotten about that memory. But it had been shown to him in hypnosis. Yeah. And he thought he was over it. And he kind of is. But that is just an example of a memory that gets buried really deep. And hypnosis throws it to the surface. Yeah, and then so I guess... he then said, "I can't. I need to deal with it now because I need to deal with the guy's face, and I don't want to feel that way about him." Now he couldn't remember the memory, but but by talking to him on a one-to-one, -one, which I will do eventually, I'm sure that will have affected him emotionally in some way, and it will have affected his behaviours and his habits. It might be he gets a little bit nervous driving at night, but he doesn't know why. Yeah, or it might be that lights flashing and someone's reflection in a mirror makes him feel a certain way, but he doesn't know why. It doesn't have to be, in my experience, it doesn't have to be the original memory that is then manifested in the future. It could be any part of it. Yeah. So it could be a light shining on someone's face. Yeah. That could be it. But so that's an example of, well, that's how I describe how hypnosis works and an example of what it can do. And he's only just told me that. It was only a couple of days ago. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes complete sense, as you said. Like you know, there's there's no there's no disputing any of the fact about the yeah the conscious and the the sub the unconscious mind. You know, yeah. as you said, it's it's like a yeah it's like a crate that we pull pull things out of when we need them, isn't it? You know, yeah. Some people say to me, it's in a box in the back of my mind. So yeah. when I talk to clients, they tell me tell me every bit of information I need to know. I'll say, you know, this, and they'll do something like, oh, they'll say, oh, I'll put it in a box in the back of my mind. And I'm like, right, 
hypnosis in your mind i want you to imagine going to that box now yeah. and i want you to open the box so however they describe it i had a client the other day who we sat through zoom and he's on a swivel chair one big office chair and he's been feeling down he's getting better but he said i feel like like this I, I he goes every time he talks about a traumatic past he'd look this way on the camera and he every time he, and he didn't realize he was doing it yeah and i said to him what is there and he was like what are you talking about and i was like well every time you talk about the past you look that way and he was like i didn't even i didn't even know and i was like right okay look that way and tell me what's there and he said i feel like death is looking over me oh wow okay all right that's all right that's okay yeah because death doesn't need to mean actual death and i said to him okay how does it feel right it feels really really bad like really really bad obviously yeah. i was like right okay try something for me turn your swivel chair around and face the other way and he did and i said how does it feel now and he said it feels further away and i was like okay so how does it feel does it feel as bad no it doesn't feel as bad anymore right turn back now you know you can manipulate how it feels because you've just done it I want you to imagine death now and I want you to change death, change the cloak white, change the scythe into a bunch of flowers and change death's face into a human face. And he, in, within seconds, he burst into tears. And I was like, what happened? And he said, it's my mum. And yeah. she'd left him as a child and abandoned him. And he never got over that, never knew why and whether she was still alive. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Something to deal with. Yeah, And that's how I do it. I watch and I listen to what you're doing and what you're telling me. And that basically is showing me what I call your Jenga block, which is that game where you pull out the bricks. And yeah, so yeah. you build up your belief structure. This means that. And I pull out the bricks, collapse it, and then I build a new one for you. So I, by changing death and his perception of it, I'd collapsed it. Then we build a new positive belief or, or behaviour. Yeah, I remember That's when what... I, I remember when I went to, to hypnotherapy. The the woman I saw, she put she put a lot of focus on on what color are you seeing. I've um, done that before, but it was, yeah, it was really interesting. And she, so yeah, I mean, when you say like the word trance, I'm sure some people are like, well, what do you mean by a trance and stuff? But it, it is that for anyone that's ever, I compared it to if you you know when you're like lying on a sunbed on your front and you you enter the state of like you're you know you're in you're somewhere hot. And yeah. you go into this state where you're not asleep, but you're also not really awake, but you're just lying there and you're like, oh, this is... Well, I'll tell you the best way to describe it, daydreaming. Yeah, yeah. daydreaming, but you're like lying down comfortably while doing it rather well, than... Well, you do it. We do, do you drive? Yes. You drive? So you've done journeys where you might look back and go, geez, I don't even remember driving. Then. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, you must have done it because you were awake to do it, but you yeah. don't remember it. Yeah. And no matter how hard you try, you can't remember driving between A and B. The last couple but of you minutes. You know you did it because you're at sea, but you must have done it. So you're consciously still able to function on autopilot as your unconscious mind is occupied. This yeah. is why when we go to business meetings, they put little toys in the middle of a desk sometimes and you play with them. Yeah. That's why they do it. What it's doing is it's occupying your unconscious mind so your conscious mind can focus on what they're doing. Oh, wow. That's why people do it. Yeah. That's why we doodle and draw stuff. And we don't realise what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, if I, like, I'll show you now, like, this is some of my, like, do look, I, li I just draw, like. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyone listening? What I, you're I just... doing is occupying oh, a part of your brain so that you can focus on what you need to focus on. Yeah, and generally I always draw on that bit of paper when I'm on a Zoom meeting. Like I'm, not, yeah. I'm not doing it now while we're doing a podcast, but when we're, um, you know, if I'm having a work meeting and stuff, sorry if yeah. any of my clients are listening to this, but generally... But, but I... Actually, what you're saying to your clients is the part of my brain that would normally distract me away from what you're saying, I'm occupying that deliberately so that I can totally focus on what you're telling me. Yeah. So actually, your clients will benefit. Yeah. So with you then, I guess I guess all this came from. I mean, that's that's interesting what you said about um, you know you working at Waitrose and and coming almost coming from a a people management role. Um, yeah. Is do you, do you think that 
do you think because I'm, I'm I, I didn't I couldn't I can't believe that you've only been doing this for like you know just under a year and stuff I thought you well been... six years I've been qualified and I've been honing my skills right but as a job I've only started doing this as a job since August no I started doing some classes in the first lockdown I guess I started doing my classes in September and I obviously I'm paid for it but doing one-to-one sessions and the frequency that I am now it was probably well in the frequency I'm now I haven't but it started to build from November because yeah. I because then gyms opened because I managed the, the two gyms but gyms opened for two weeks we finished in November and then lockdown happened in the middle of December yeah. well, I didn't work then because I had a text from test and trace and I wasn't allowed to go to work oh, no. so, but I was doing classes and occasionally saw people but it wasn't until December that I it wasn't actually till after Christmas that I picked up the um the frequency of my clients I'm now up to about 15 clients wow but I don't keep them for very long I'm not a therapist that wants to see you every month right for 10 years you do my head in <laughs> my purpose is to fix people and allow them to move on with their lives in a positive way if I'm still doing that 10 20 sessions in i'm not any good at what i do yeah i will do it in three yeah three sessions if you need a bit more that's all right i got one guy built 10 sessions off me but after one he felt massively different after two he probably didn't need me anymore he had a bit of a dip and what and then we did a third but he probably doesn't need me anymore because what I do is I teach you at the same time how to do it for yourself. Yeah. And that's why you can tell I do this because I care about people, not because I want to make money. So if I wanted to make a load of money out of you. I'd go, yeah, you need another five sessions, mate. Yeah. And then you'll go, well, how are you doing it? And I'll go, oh, well, I can't tell you my secret. Yeah. But I don't. I tell you what I'm like I'm doing now. I tell you what I do and how I do it so that you can do it for yourself. We can be mates and we can chat, but I don't want to be sorting your problems out forever, mate. No, that's you it. You need to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. that's, that's a good way of, that's a really good way of, of going about it. Because rather than you you're keeping it going, I guess you're, you're, the idea is you're giving the people the tools to go and go and do it themselves. You know, like we, I think me and me and my friend, in terms of talking about businesses, you know, you can either, you can either get a job in the mine and dig for gold or you can stand outside selling shovels. And I suppose you're <laughs> essentially, yeah. essentially you're selling people a shovel, aren't you? You're going, right, I'm going to give you these tools. Here's a shovel. Yeah. Go, go and dig. Well, that comes from my time in Waitrose where I had to delegate. Yeah. And I can't delegate unless I've trained them how to do it. So I had to invest loads of time and effort. But once they were there, I could palm it off onto them. And it worked yeah. really well because... I couldn't do everything and do it all successfully. I had to delegate, but by delegating, I noticed how good it made people feel. And I was like, "Your their happiness makes me happy. I noticed that as well. It's like, oh, the happier you are, the happier I am. So what do I need to do in the future? And I've just taken that into my therapy by showing people. And of course, I asked for testimonials. Oh, it's great. I, t- I post all my testimonials. And on my life, none of those are made up. None yes. of them. Yeah, they are all absolutely true. I ask for them, but they're all true. Yeah, and I haven't manipulated the wording on any of them. They're all true. Yeah. Why do I post them? Three reasons. Um, well, four actually. Um, the, I post them because it persuades other people to come and get help. Yeah. I often get people say to me, "I've been watching your page for ages." But that last testimonial was exactly what I'm going through. Now I'm ready and I know you can help me. Mm. I post them because um, shouting about your work gets you more work. Yeah. I post them because I'm proud of my clients for achieving what they've achieved. And the last reason I post them is because I'm proud of myself. Yeah. And I think we need more of that. I think when we're good at something, we should be proud of ourselves and we should be able to talk about it in a non-arrogant way. Yeah. And I do talk very proudly and very openly about how good I am at my job for two reasons. One, because I want people to know that I can help them. And two, because it makes me feel good about how good I am. Yeah, I think. And I'm think... not doing that because I want people to go. Um, I want, I, I, I'm not doing it because I'm arrogant. Yeah. I'm doing it because I just feel proud in the amount of work I've put in to get here. And now I'm getting results. And I just think we should be more like that as a society. We should be more 
able to shout about the things that we do and do really well. Why? Because it's positive energy and we yeah. need to shout about them more. That's why I always compliment other people, yeah. big them up and make lift them up because I think it's amazing. It feels good for me and you. Yeah. Why not? I think you're right. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people, and I, I find it weird as well, you know, when I, when I talk about, you know, how well the podcast is done and stuff as well, you know, sometimes I do feel a bit like an imposter and I'm like, you know, should I be doing this and stuff? But then you're like, well, actually, no, because no one else did it. It was me. Exactly. You know, or even like exactly. I, I I quit my job. Like in- but, what would, but what would be the the alternative? You say, oh, it's not that great, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Listen to it if you want, but it's it's not yeah. like what's you know? going to happen. Your your followership drops. Yeah, no one's like it. God. He doesn't even believe his own product. Why am I going to bother? Exactly. Yeah. No, so, I think but there's there is a stigma around that, isn't there? There is a stigma of like I well, think it's being English. Well, well yeah, English. it is. You know, yeah. You should be self-deprecating and stuff, shouldn't you? Yeah. Everybody loves an underdog. But no, no, no. Okay, I get it. But I. I'm proud of people that are doing really well in their lives. And that's why I always celebrate it. Yeah. And, you know, what would it be like if I went, I could go two different ways to how I am now. I could say nothing or I could go, yeah, I'm not that good. Well, that one's never going to work. Yeah. No one's going to, people love an underdog, but not when they're paying you to give you a service. No one's going to pay me because they feel sorry for me. If I say nothing, I will get some business, but, there's loads of other competition. Yeah, no, you've got but to. If I, if I tell the truth and tell them I know I'm good at what I do and other people tell me I'm good at what I do, that's when I can make myself a more successful business, but more importantly, help more people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think as well, you know, at the end of the day, you're, as you said, you, you're in the business of helping people. So even someone that's like, oh, this guy seems a bit up himself. And it's like, well, yeah, I am, mate. I'm, I'm fucking good at this. But also, I'm actually helping people. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But but there's the difference between pride and arrogance. Yeah. I mean, they're not different. You can do both. But I'm just really proud. And I just want to talk about it because I want people to come and see me. I'm not, I don't want people to come and see me so I can get rich. I want enough people to see me so I can do this full time. Because if I don't get enough business, I've got to get a full time job somewhere else. And what does that mean? I can't help as many people. Yeah. So that's it. All I want is enough money to be able to help more people full time, like do it full time to help more people. I can go and get a full time job if I want, of course, but I would just, help less people and there's a it's it's interesting as well because you you know essentially as you just said you're not and you know this maybe goes for for a lot of you know hypnotherapists and that kind of thing rather than you know going to therapy and this is not me um shitting on therapy at all i think it's you know everyone that listens to the podcast or if you knew like i think talking to people is the most valuable thing you can do for your mental health um but what you say about how as i said you're you're giving someone a shovel rather than you know, yeah. to go out and, and, you know, you're giving them the tools to go and do it on their own rather than you're going to need another hour, mate. Think yeah, I know. I had to someone and they said, oh, I took ages to contact you because the last therapist I had would literally get to the end and literally just press a button and go, right, done. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah, bleed you dry. But I, but I do, oh, God, my sessions, you pay for an hour, you get an hour and a half. And also I say to all my clients, you got support in between. So in between that, my clients would go, I'm having a shit day, can I call you? And I'll go, yeah, yeah, call me. Right, pull yourself together, it's all right, remember what we said, you're good, you're this, you're that, or they'll send me something they've done and I'll check there because I always give homework, which is usually self-awareness exercises. Send it to me, I'll check it for you. One of my posts was a lady going through a divorce and having trouble and she was really stressed about it. Her culture was different to ours and her culture wouldn't allow certain things and she was really stressed. I had random calls with her that she didn't pay for. My yeah. goal, when you hire me as a therapist, my goal is the same as yours. It's to, to reach your goal. Yeah. So if that means I have to jump in, my rule is, is you can contact me whenever you want. My phone is normally on, unless I need it on loud, it's always on silent, but I'm on it all the time. So I won't, if I miss your call, it won't be for very long. It would normally be because I'm with another client or I'm having a nap. But you're never disturbing me. So I say to my clients, you call me or text me whenever you want. You yeah. will never disturb me. 
I just won't answer if I can't or don't want to. If I can't or don't want to, I will always reply and go, I'll call you back in five or tomorrow or whatever, or at least what's the problem. So it doesn't disturb me because I won't answer it if I don't want to or yeah. I don't pick up my phone. So you have, I, to use the cliche, 24 hour, 24 hour, 24 seven support is not because I'm not picking up my phone at 2 a.m. <laughs> but um, you have constant support. So that's the difference as well. Yeah. So there's a mixture of the life coaching and the therapist yeah. where I will, I'm not a typical, well, I don't know, I can't say this because everybody's got their own view of what a therapist looks like, sounds like, behaves like. But I'm not, one of my clients said to me, oh, you're not typical of what I thought. And, and I said, she goes, oh, you don't have like a sofa that I lay on and then yeah, yeah, yeah. a vase of flowers. And I was like, babe, the best I can do is you can lay on the floor and I'll get some potpourri. Yeah. I'm done. That's it. Because I just, what wins over people or what allows me to help people is I am 100% my authentic self. Yeah. What you get from me is me. What I try not to do is swear too much and try not to be unprofessional, but it's all done. I create rapport first. So what I can get away with is endless because anything, and I always say this to my clients, anything I suggest or say to you, no matter how harsh, no matter how much it upsets you, you have to remember is because I want you to achieve your goal. And sometimes I'm going to say things to you that you're going to go, wow. But I will say stuff knowing that you're either going to respond to it or you're not. And if I say something really, you know, forthright, really rude, really forward, and you don't respond, I'll just say to myself, okay, I can't do it anymore. They don't respond to that. But I won't apologize. That's me helping you on your goal. This is me. I might, I might go, do you know what? I'm sorry I upset you. I'm not sorry I did what I did. But I'm sorry I upset you. Yeah, that was. I mean, that that was the kind of ne the next thing I want to get on. I mean, does because I, I suppose you're still you know fairly new into doing it full time and things. I mean, does it ever get a little bit overwhelming for for yourself? I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're feeling a lot of pride and you're you, you know you're obviously very proactive with helping and stuff. But does it, you know? And I've always wondered this with with therapists as well, and and even for myself, obviously talking to a lot of people and some of the conversations I have are, are fairly heavy, but. Um, yeah. You know, do you, what what do you practice to to kind of look after yourself and keep yourself strong? Because I imagine, you know, like you said, you suffered a bit last year, but you don't. If you fall into you know a, a bad time, I imagine that's really difficult for you to suddenly go right now. I've got to go help someone else when I'm battling my own head. I mean, yeah, that that must be a, a really difficult thing, not just for yourself, but for therapists. You know, pe people in your sort of um, in your line of work, it, it must be a really difficult thing because you've not just got to keep your mental health good for you but also for your for your clients because they expect yeah. you to be you they expect you to be who you are right now in front of me will they expect you to be all right yeah we're you know here i am and we're going to sort this and i believe in yeah. what i'm doing and this is it but you know does how, how do you how do you deal with that and, and keep your keep on top of yourself yeah and i mean you know as well as i am that sometimes we do this and it's a little bit of an act right we don't feel in it totally but we know how to behave that way so we just gotta give that extra effort Face on. Act. Yeah. yeah however um you know it's a really good question because it's very poignant for me because i was getting very run down and all my i would mention it occasionally in my live chats and everyone was like what are you doing you need to sort it so now i give myself a day off every week okay that's today so uh, yesterday sorry that was yesterday yeah. i'll allow myself to do a live or a class or a podcast um because they're generally easy yeah. i don't have to take in your energy in a bad way you're not yeah. presenting your problems to me and yeah. well, it's all it's it feels positive it feels uplifting it feels good but um lives can be generally positive anyway 99 percent are positive yeah, yeah. and then classes well everybody's half asleep so i don't get anything <laughs> from that but if i do like a sunday night i do three classes back to back and i'm exhausted after it yeah I bet. but um so in answer to your question i was in that situation now i give myself a day off right. and i mean i've been i was in a consultation with a guy once and he told me loads of stuff and i went back into my bedroom and burst into tears yeah. I'd just taken in his whole story of everything that had happened to him. And I do this 
and, and the best people to do this are empathic people. We can feel others' emotions and that allows us to, you know, connect with people. And I just took it all in and I was exhausted and I was really upset. I was like, oh my God, this guy's gone through so much. Yeah. And I just burst into tears. And it does happen sometimes. I'll be with a client and I'm like, hold it together, hold it together. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you you know, you just become that kind of, you know, expert, your expert power or you're that authority in a good way because you are someone they are absolutely looking up to, to help them. And it's a very important position to be in. People like literally, I have people message me who I've never spoken to. And to cut a long story short, they basically say to me, they're this close to killing themselves. And so the amount of pressure I have on my shoulders because I care, I'm like, Oh shit, if I say the wrong thing here, exactly. or I don't help them. But usually what I've, I've come to learn is, and this happened relatively recently, because I've only been doing it relatively recently full yeah. time, is that a lot of them do it because they're not actually going to do it. They want, they just want help or some of them want attention. Yeah, yeah. That's, some that's of them true. want someone to talk them out of it. Yeah. But they know they're going to get a response from that. So they go with that straight away. Yeah. I mean, I had, I've had i had messages, hey, Will, and then this long message, I was abused as a child, I've been beaten up, I was this, I was that, I was that. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, like not even waiting for me to say hey back. Now, I, in a way, it started to feel, wow, how are people doing this? But I did start to think, well, this is how you present yourself. You present yourself as an open guy who will help anybody, make people feel comfortable, and then they just give it to me all in one go. So I'm not surprised. I see, I try and change my mindset into the positive and go, well, obviously you come across as someone that they feel they can share it with. Positive thing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, it is something that's, as I said, it's it's always kind of fascinating me. And I've, I've had it, you know, as I said, the, but the podcast is a funny one because obviously – it's a bit different to you because the podcast for me is, is for entertainment as well as, you know, in, informing and, and opening the conversation. So, you know, I've had a few episodes on that have been, you know, fairly heavy, you know, I've had, you know, guys on who, who've, who've lost friends and, and things like that. that have been heavy. Yeah. And, and I, I certainly have felt exhausted after finishing it. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. you know, and I, I feel good. And I'm, I feel really glad I had the conversation and, and you know, I, the, you feel knackered. You feel tired for the same reason that you you do this podcast because you care. Yeah, but it's it. other than other than you you know kind of you know having that day off, and I, I guess that is super important because you you need to kind of take some time out and and just be will rather than being your fifteen clients because essentially you are, aren't you? You're kind of carrying their bags a little bit as well and and also the expectations of people the of what i give i mean the, the person you see on my lives the person i am now this is me this is a real me yeah it's not a character no, of course. and when i say about acting it's when i feel lower than that i can bring myself to me normally yeah. Yeah. some of it takes more effort none of this is an act none no. of it at all and that's why i i just am my authentic self yeah but yeah it it is it is i want to say is it's emotional, but yeah, I guess baggage, you could call it that, but not in a bad way. Because yeah, if you that. message me on my day off with a problem, I'm more than likely to go, okay, let me help you. Mm-hmm. What I do do is I deliberately don't do book appointments yeah. that will drain my energy. So, you know, we had the live book, we had the podcast book for yesterday. I was more than happy with that. It's just because I'm moving, I was trying to sort something else. But that's this is positive for me. I love this. This I'll walk away from this feeling really upbeat and positive. Yeah. And client sessions can be like that, but sometimes they're not because they might share something with me where they, you know, they need to offload something, and I'm like, oh wow. And also, I you know, it, it's all easy to help. Like I just get thoughts coming to my head. No, all right, all right, let me give that a go. And yeah. I I just do this. I mean, someone did a video testimonial for me yesterday and she said, there's some people that do this for money and there's some people that do it because they love it. And I was mentioned on Radio Kent about this as well. One of my class attendees said it. You can tell some people do it for money and some people do it because they genuinely love it. And I do it because I genuinely love it. And um, the radio presenter said some people are just magical like that. And I was really flattered by that. But yeah. I, I do do this because I 
genuinely love to help people. Otherwise, I'd just pick a different job, wouldn't I? I? Yeah, I can't imagine why. Well, why you would put yourself through? I mean, yeah, yeah. You why might would earn, you do? You might earn a bit of money, but I mean, you could earn probably the same amount of money for. I can't imagine you'd last long if you were doing it for some of that, because yeah, as I said, you've got to take on a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. Well, you'd, you'd either take it on and go, shit, I wasn't prepared for this. I'm not going to, I can't, no matter how much I'm earning, I wasn't prepared for it. I can't do it. Or you won't care, but then the clients will feel it and you won't be successful anyway. Well, that that's it. Yeah. I imagine, yeah, you wouldn't be in it for long because you know, as you've said, you, you've got to be really proactive with responding to messages, answering calls and things. If you, you know, yeah. that's essentially, that's extracurricular work, isn't it? You know, yeah. you wouldn't be well, doing... you with your podcast, podcast, isn't it? You could do a podcast about anything, anything at all, and yeah. you'd be great at it because that's how you are. You chose this subject because it's in your heart and you want to help and you want to do something about it. That's how you get through your podcast. That's yeah. why you do it. It must be draining sometimes because of the stories you hear, but you're able to get through those because you genuinely care and you want to help. You can see it's effort versus reward, isn't it? You know the reward is big enough to put the effort in. But when you're not in it, when you were just, if you're just trying to make money or get followers or whatever, but you don't care what the subject is, you just pick mental health because mental health is kind of at the top of the scale here right now. You, it wouldn't last long, I'm sure. You'd no. be so drained. You just well, it's, be it's a lot of work as well. Like like your thing, you know. It's that they say the average the average podcast is only lasts seven episodes. Most people give up after seven episodes, is what they say. Yeah. If you they say you know they say if you get past seven, then you're you you know you're doing it. And yeah. and it's amazing how many podcasts I see on you know on Instagram and 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 things like that. Um, especially within this mental health space, and part of it is amazing, and it's so cool to see. And as you said. You know, I don't know whether it's because mental health is kind of a thing at the moment um, and, you know, it's happening. But it's, um, yeah, mental health, you, you have to be passionate about it. You have to want to talk about it. And you kind of have because to. You, uh, yes, so, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you because what you're saying is really resonating with me. Yeah. Um, you have to be into it because sometimes we have people's lives in our hands. And if you're not into it, and you say the wrong thing or, you know, you if you show you don't care, you're only reinforcing to the client that people don't care about them and then that take, tips them over the edge. Yeah. You can really affect people. But the wonderful thing is, as we both know, is that we can affect people in a positive way yeah, yeah. and it feels amazing. Yeah. Well, as I said, every, you know, every, I, I'd say, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm not blowing my own trumpet or anything, although maybe, maybe, as you said, maybe I should. Maybe you should, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I get, I get, you know, quite a few messages. I get a message pretty much every other day at the moment from, from on, on, on Instagram saying how much they enjoy the podcast and how much it's helped and things. And I'm yeah. like, if nothing, you know, I, I've had a bit of a bad week this week. I've, I've strained a muscle um, on my, around my hip. So I've not been able, I've not been able to go for a run this week. I've pretty much been in the house. So I've been a bit like, yeah. oh, a bit down unusual, but like, you know, Tuesday, I think it was, I was having a shit day and I just got a message from someone saying how much they love the podcast, how much it's helped them through lockdown, how much they really enjoy it and, and all this stuff. And I was like, well, if nothing else happens today, today is a good day. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right, exactly. one, I mean, I've, get, I've got countless testimonials and messages and things, and every I never underappreciate any yeah. single one. Everyone makes me beam with pride and happiness, and I feel amazing. That's why I post them, and I hope that that will never change. I don't think it ever will change. Even when I do this for twenty years, I still think I will wanna. I will feel that good. And that's why, you know, some people say, oh, if I had to stop it tomorrow, I'd be happy because I've helped people. I wouldn't. I want to keep going and I want to help more people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, it is, it is one of those things. Um, Well, let's, let's kind of wrap it up there. Well, otherwise we will literally be here, be here all day. I could, yeah. Yeah. The, The insight is, is fascinating. I mean, but yeah, super, super interested. But a couple of quick fire questions just before we, um, just yep. quickly, obviously, you know, we're in lockdown, we're stuck, we can't travel, we can't be where we want to be. If you click your fingers right now, where where are you? Where's your happy place? Well, at the moment, it's helping others. However, I know I need to find my own. My garden is really important to me. So okay. if you look on my Instagram, you'll see it. Um, it's anywhere where I am surrounded by the thing, the people that I love, the energy I love. 
Yeah. And love me anyway. That's a good, yeah, that's a good, a, a lot of people give that answer, actually. I always, you know, when I first sort of started the podcast and did this question, I thought, thought everyone would be like, oh, well, I want to be on a beach in Greece or all this. Well, but, I did think a beach and then I yeah. thought, well, it's irrelevant. Yeah, but most, really? most people actually say they're like, you know, especially at the moment, I guess, where people can't see each other. They're like, well, I'd quite like to just be, don't care where it is, I just want to be with my mates or with my family. I'd or- love to meet all the people I've helped through classes and sessions. Yeah. It's still unbelievable to me, the amount of people I've met that I've never actually met. Yeah. And I yeah. would love to have a big party and meet them all. That's yeah. what I would love. That's what, yeah, I've, I've got a dream of doing a doing some sort of event where I have every single guest I've ever had on the podcast yeah. all in a room together. I'm like... But my brain would just explode if that happened. Yeah. yeah but I think on, on Instagram, we've kind of got this family or this group of us that do this stuff and we're all connected to each other in different ways. If we could ever hold a party with all the people we've helped, that would be a very good party. Yeah, it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, as you as you said, you're a, you know, you're a Star Wars fan, which, by the way, I am as well. I'm obsessed with it. But, um, you know, lockdown again, um, I like to think you, you know, you, as you said, you need to take some time for yourself. Are you a, are you a TV, you're a movie man? What have you been watching? Hit me with some, some recommendations. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I love movies. I love Marvel movies as well, by the way. Um, but I like TV shows because there's that longevity. And then yeah. because we're in lockdown, it gives you something to then continuously watch. Yeah. And then stories develop over a longer space of time. Yeah. That's what we need with lockdown. So I am a bit of both. More so now TV shows. Yeah. What have you been What have you been watching then? Any any recommendations? Uh, I mean, the, my, the, I'm watching one now about school with fairies in it's nothing it's not like really it's a bit like shadow hunters kind of thing if you're ever into that my last show that i really really enjoyed was the mandalorian oh my i love that no um yeah no no shame i i mean i'm not going to spoil the last episode of season two (laughs) i know definitely people haven't seen it but as a 29-year-old man, I sat there and I fucking cried my eyes. I was, I'm 41 <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I think I jumped off my bed and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could, like, genuinely, I think, yeah, as you said, like, I could do a podcast about anything. And if I didn't yeah. do a podcast about mental health, it would probably be about Star Wars. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'll join you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll still do it one day. Yeah, I like Star, Star Trek as well. And Star Trek Discovery is a really good show as well. I like that. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've watched. I've watched. I'm halfway through season two of that. I really enjoyed season one, but um, I don't. I don't know why I stopped. Stopped watching it. But I know they're on season three Stick now. Stick with it. It's the end of season two is very good, and season cool. three is very good. And the end of season three, the last session, the last scene of season three, compares with the last scene of the Mandalorian. Oh wow! It was a oh my god moment. Oh my god! Smiling from ear to ear. This is awesome. So it's the same. So stick with it. Oh, nice. I'll have to give that a go. Um, but yeah, so amazing. Thank you so much, Will, for coming on. Um, where, where can where can people find you um, on, on social media or anything? Yeah, so on Facebook, I'm Will Everett, E-V-E-R-E-T-T. Yes. I generally run my business through my Instagram. Yep. Um, it's Will Life Coach PT. Will I am a personal trainer as well, although I don't really do it. So it's Will Life Coach PT. Great. Cool, guys. So, yeah, uh, make sure you give give Will a follow. I mean, he definitely, you know, he does so much. Message me. If you feel, reach out, message me. Yeah. And drop, yeah, as I said, if you're, um, yeah, if you're struggling or or anything, definitely um, give give Will a shout. And, yeah, as he said, he does a lot of the Instagram lives with some very distinguished guests, such as myself. Um, But, yeah, you can also follow me at the After Hours Lounge. Um, If you are enjoying the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, review, all that usual nonsense. Um, Yeah. It massively helps me out. It only takes two seconds of your time. And then through the link in my Instagram, you can also donate to the podcast if you would like to buy me a beer because it is thirsty work doing all this talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you very much again to Will. Um, and thank you so much for listening. And we will see you for the next one.